Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. reason why we're doing a series that we're calling the Rhythms of Christmas, and today is part two of this series. And um, I think if you're anything like me, I just love Christmas. There's just something about when you're driving around town and, you know, going through the neighborhoods and you see the lights and you hear the music, you hear the sounds. I don't know, for me, it just kind of puts me in a different frame of mind, puts me in a different mood, a spirit. And uh, I think that's what really Christmas should be all about. And I don't know, it just kind of pulls me in, I think, spiritually. I think there's also an emotional connection. And, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing this series called The Rhythms of Christmas, because there is a message, there is a deeper meaning behind some of the songs that I think so often we associate with Christmas, but sometimes we just hear them or maybe sing them as holiday songs. But there is a deeper meaning, there is a deeper connection. And I'm not talking about songs like, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> I'm not talking about Jingle Bells. I'm not talking about, you know, Mommy Kissing Santa Under the Mistletoe. I'm not talking about those kinds of songs that bring us into a spiritual and more emotional, deeper connection. I'm talking about the different kind of songs that speak to the heart, that point people to Jesus that allows people to embrace and fully understand the significance of God's love and his peace and his forgiveness and the hope that is truly significant to Christmas. And one of those songs that we're going to focus on today is a song called, O Holy Night. How many of you ever heard that song? We've all heard it, right? It's an incredible song. It's a classic Christmas song. And you may not know this, but there's a story, there is a message behind the song, and it's really interesting as it relates to how the song is actually written. In fact, in the mid-1800s, there, uh, there was a priest, a, a parish priest who had reached out to an individual, a guy, by the name of Placide Capot. And Placide was a French merchant, he was a, a poet. And so he was asked by this, by this priest to write a poem related to Luke chapter 2, which is the, you know, the story and the message about the birth of Jesus. And what's interesting is that this individual by the name of Placide Capot ended up writing this poem, and it really kind of took off. They began to spread specifically throughout the Catholic Church, and they began to sing it. And year after year, the song became one of the most noted favorite uh, and also one of the, the most uh, s s songs, excuse me, one of the songs that was sang the most during this entire time. And what's interesting is that this guy by the name of Placide who wrote the song was not even a believer. And yet he wrote this poem and wrote the song as related to Luke chapter 2 about the birth of Christ. 
In fact, this guy had a somewhat of a notorious background. And, and when some of the leaders within the Catholic Church realized who it was that actually wrote the song, they tried to shut the song down. They started pulling the song from the Catholic churches, preventing them from actually singing the song. But yet it was too late at this point because the song had already become a traditional favorite and people were demanding that the song continue to be sung. Well, what's interesting is that five decades, decades later in 1906, a gentleman by the name of Reginald Fassenden a 33-year-old Canadian professor and inventor. He made a makeshift generator in his garage. What's crazy is that this individual took the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, and here's what he did. He actually created something through this makeshift generator, plugged in a microphone, and he ended up playing a song, and here's what's fascinating to me. This song that he played was the very first song that was broadcast in the history of the world, and it just so happened to fall on Christmas Eve. And so what he did is he actually took his violin, he turned on this generator, plugged in the mic, and he played the song to Luke chapter 2 and to the song, O Holy Night. First song ever broadcast on what was known then as AM radio to the entire world. Isn't that incredible? And O Holy Night was the first song the world ever heard. And we're going to sing it for you. Listen to our team.
My prayer is that you'll never hear that song, maybe as you've known it before, but you'll hear it with a new sense of purpose and meaning unlike you've ever experienced before. Isn't it powerful? Isn't it amazing when you think about songs such as O Holy Night and really what they can bring to our lives as far as the hope and the new beginnings that God wants to bring to pass in our lives. And that's what we want to focus on for a few moments. You know, the, the phrase, in fact, we're going to pick out a couple of phrases from that song, and I'm going to kind of unpack those today in my message. And one of those phrases is the phrase, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And then there's another phrase that goes like this, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. If there were two words specifically that we could pull out that I think that really accurately speaks to where our world is living and where our culture today is living, it would be the words, weary world. Because we live in this weary world, right? I mean, it's amazing when you think about all the things that we see on a global scale and the things that we see even on a local level and it's obvious that there are a lot of people who are just weary. They're weary on so many different levels, weary emotionally, mentally. So many people are weary relationally of just setbacks and hurts and struggles that they encounter in their lives. What's crazy is that even on a very practical level, if you drive up and down Narcusi Road, you can grow weary really, really fast with all the traffic. How many can say amen to that? I mean, it's crazy. We all just get weary. We're weary of the political landscape and the division, the divide in our country. We're weary of the, the inflation and the increased cost of living. We're weary of the crime and the, the violence and the abuse that we see everywhere in our nation and around the world. We're weary of trying to be politically correct, you know it. Whether it's in our workplace or at school and we live and we walk on eggshells because we're afraid of offending somebody by saying the wrong thing or phrasing something the wrong way. And so many of our kids today, what they're being exposed to and what they're, quite frankly, you know, being challenged with when it comes to their own belief system and their own faith. It's just as though we're just kind of getting weary so many things that are seemingly lacking our children, the generation, spiritually and morally. A lot of people are just weary of the uncertainty of the future. We're weary of the unknowns. A lot of people, as I stated at the beginning, are weary and emotionally. A lot of people have just been maybe on the ring in a lot of difficult situations, circumstances, some disappointing news, and it's as though life is just kind of beating you down. And as far as you're concerned, you're really grown weary. But one of the things I pray will send out more thing through this song, especially Holy Night, is the, the phrase, the thrill hope. In the midst of our weariness, there will be a thrill of hope that we look to, that we can lean on, that we can cling to, will be our anchor and source of hope in the midst of the weariness that maybe what we're facing in our lives. And when I think about 2,000 years ago, in fact, for literally for centuries, there was a weary world that was living in uncertainty in a place of confusion and darkness and 
For centuries, the world had put their faith in God. They had believed, they had hoped for a Messiah come, the, the Messiah who had promised by God himself. They had been looking to and hoping for the Messiah to be born. Yet, on this particular night, that all-holy night moment occurred. And in the chaos and the confusion this night, when two young kids, Mary and Joseph, were preparing to receive the birth. As Mary was about to give birth to the Christ child, the Messiah, the one who had prophesied for centuries, the one whom God had promised, the one that was to be the savior of the world, was finally come to earth. And God chose a young girl by the name of Mary. And in the midst of this night, in the weariness of the moment, she gave birth. It was the, it was the moment that everybody had been waiting for. It was not the, the thrill of hope inside the weary world. But what's awesome is to know that the Bible also Excuse me, the song also emphasizes that the whole world rejoiced because the Savior, the Messiah, had been. And I love the phrase, the new and glorious morn. Because after Jesus was born, the morn, the next day as the sun was rising, there was that thrill of hope. There was that new and glorious morn because of the noon, the great sense of new beginnings and mean purpose. It had been born into the world that brought hope and relief to the greatness. So many people are experiencing lives. And so at the moment, everything changed. And that's my prayer, is that through this message and through Understanding the significance and the power of the message of that song that you'll leave here, thrill of hope. You'll leave here today having that sense of understanding, nude me purpose that regardless of what is you're facing, regardless of what seems to be coming against you, there is a new and glory morn that awaits you because of Jesus Christ. It means the best is yet to come. Come on, somebody. The best is yet to come. And so in Limitations, which is a powerful book in the Bible written by the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, in fact, wrote those words in 586 B.C. And Jerusalem had fallen into the hands of the Babylonian Empire. The temple had been destroyed. Their place of worship had been destroyed. And as you know, the people were mourning. He was mourning. He was grieving all that the people had endured. And in chapter 3 in Lamentations, there was a switch in other words, the mood, the atmosphere in Jeremiah's heart, his perspective, his outlook related to the situation and the circumstances of all that had happened suddenly shifted. We pick up in Lamentation 3, verses 20 through 26, and it says, these words, my soul is downcast within me. In other words, his world in the moment was weary. He was tired spiritually, really, emotionally. He was devastated. He was in many ways overwhelmed by all that had taken place. And he said, my soul is downcast within me. But notice in verse 21, yet this I call to mind. In other words, switch from the negative things that was in his mind that had sunken into his heart. And the script. In other words, he said, I call to mind. In other words, I'm going to replace the negativity with the new hope and the new beginning. And because of what happened, I'm going to shift my focus back on God. And he said, for I have hope. Verse 22, because of the Lord's love, we are not doomed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
I say to myself, Lord is my portion, and therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly salvation of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? So Jeremiah is reminding us, even through, his, even through the weariness of his soul, he said, I'm going to call to the goodness of my God. And I'm going to place whatever fear with a sense of faith and hope, knowing that there's a new and glorious morn that awaits me. And so today I'll share with you three things that I think from this particular that will help us and through God's and through lamentations that will remind us of that thrill of hope. And it will help us overcome some things perhaps that we're working through, especially if you're, maybe in your life, maybe in your marriage, relationship, family circumstances, financial circumstances, what it might be. If your world, your personal life and world is weary today, I want to remind you of the thrill of hope and three things. There's a new day, that glorious morn that comes through Jesus Christ. Number one, will give us exactly what we need. Look at your neighbor, look at them and say, Jesus is all you need. You know, we look at a lot of stuff, don't we? We put our faith and we put our dependency upon a lot of things, thinking that whatever those things might be is what we need. But I heard someone say it this way, you will never know if Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And when Jesus is all you have, then you'll discover Jesus is all you need. One of the greatest lessons I think any parent, their kids understand the difference between is need and wants. Can I get an amen? I mean, we need some new Air Jordan. I mean, we, we all need a new iPhone, right? I mean, we all need a new Nintendo Switch, right? I mean, that's what, we, that's what our kids say, right? Well, I need this, I need that, and maybe you are in an adult body and you way. I need that new lesson. We need that new beach condo. You know, we need a beer house. We need, we need, we live in a world. We live in a world that confuses needs once. But here's the issue. Lamentations 3, verse 4, Jeremiah reminds us. He said, hey, to my, in other words, hey, I'm preaching to myself here. I'm calling my own attention here. But I've allowed my heart, allowed my mind to be distracted by the things that I, I needed. But he said, I say to myself, I remind myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is my portion. You know, the Israelites wandered for some years in the wilderness. And the things that wanted to supply them was their every need. Their physical needs specifically were met. Through something referred to as manna. Each and every day, God gave them specific amounts of manna to meet specific needs that they had. And he warned them not to get, you know, greedy, try to hoard, you know, manna for themselves, but to understand that their dependency was upon God. And God promised as long as they walked faithfully and depended upon him, he would supply, he would give them enough portion for eat every day, supply and meet a need that they had. Forty years, God's provision took care of them. That's the reason why we honor the Lord in giving and through tithing. It's another way that God says, if you'll trust me, walk faithfully, if you'll be obedient in my way. God says, I will give you in return exactly what you need and I will never fail you. I will supply 
every need that you have. Jesus even taught his disciples. He said, what? Pray? Here's how you pray. He said, give me this day my day. What was he reminding them? He was reminding them of the daily dependence upon God. To never get ahead of God. To never even question God. But to walk faithfully with God and to ask God to give them their daily bread. Jeremiah goes on to say, he said, call this to mind and I say to myself, Lord is my daily portion. And he's what you need today. You may want certain things. God knows exactly what you need. You may be going through some marriage difficulties some emotional challenges right now. And you want your spouse to do this. And you want circumstances to change in this way. And you want better, you know, circumstance to, to take place. And, 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 and you have all of these wants. You want somebody else to change these situations. We want this and we want that. But here's the thing. Greatest single thing you should want is the power presence of God to shift your marriage. We think about... Those who are struggling mentally, emotionally. This is a difficult time of year for a lot of people. Depression is all-time high during these months. Many suicides occur during the month of December. A lot of people just get discouraged, defeated. They've been knocked down. And they carry the heaviness of a lot of hurt and pain and difficulties. And it's sad and unfortunate. I want to share... To those of you here today who are walking through the weariness in your own heart, emotionally, if you're carrying the burdens in your heart and in your mind today, here's what God wants you to know. That in your tomorrow, and he wants you to know his strength is made perfect even in the weakest moments of your life. And you know what Nehemiah promises you? The joy. Of the Lord, your strength. Do you need strength? See that only Jesus can provide. He's all you need. His presence is what you need to be your comforter. If you're depressed, listen, what did Jesus say? He said, come to me all who are weary, heavy laden. I will give you rest for your soul. You may realize that Jesus needs until Jesus is all you have. But when you understand that Jesus is all you have, you'll soon discover that Jesus is all you need. He is sufficient. He is more than enough. He is your portion and come close to you. Even in the midst of the weirs of your heart and in your mind and in your relationships and everything that's coming against you. Jeremiah said, I will speak to myself. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Hey, if you find walking through a moment in darkness and defeat, discouragement and depression, look yourself in the mirror. Look yourself in the eyes in that mirror and say, I will say to myself that the Lord is enough. He is my portion. He is my portion. And the reason why is because the new day with Christ is all we need. And does he give us all number two? Listen, he gives us the hope to keep on going. I love that phrase, the thrill of hope. You know, there's something about hope that's powerful. And it's the reason why in Lamentations, Jeremiah said in verse 25, he said, The Lord is good to those whose what say out, whose hope 
whose hope is to the one who seeks him. So if we seek him daily, if we look to him as the ultimate source, provider of our need, whether it's financial, mentally, emotionally, relationally, our need is, is our portion. If he is enough, if he meets our needs according to, to God's glorious riches that are found in his son Jesus Christ, if he is the ultimate supplier, then we need to take this to heart. Listen, there is an anchor to our heart, it's the hope we cling to. Here's what someone once said that I thought was really, really powerful. They said, you can live for 40 days or so without food. You can live approximately eight days without You can live approximately four minutes without air. But you can only life and only live for really a few seconds without hope. When I refer to hope, what, do, what am I talking about? What do I mean? Well, here's the definition of hope. The feeling that what it did can be had. Or events or circumstances will turn out for the best. And yet, a lot of people, sadly and unfortunately, are living hope-deprived lives. I mean, they're looking for hope. And the wrong people, the places, and the wrong things, when the one they should turn to, the source of hope, is Jesus Christ. They are hope deprived and they don't even know it. There's a void, there's a vacuum in the hearts and in the souls of people. And they're looking for something, they're looking for somebody to fill the void. Fill the thing, which is that hope. And that's the reason why it's so important this time of year now more than ever. Man, we ought to be hopers. To people that we get to have the opportunity to talk to. Give them hope that God is Christian. That there's a new and glorious morn that awaits us. Because Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, who was born, died on a cross, was also resurrected from the grave. And because of that, we can have hope for the resurrection. So when you think about the power of hope, Hebrews 10 verse 3 says it this way. Hold tightly without wavering to the hope we firm, for God can be trusted to his promise. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what kind of weariness that has maybe filled your heart and filled your mind right now. But listen, whatever you do, don't let go of the rope of a lot of people have let go of hope. And you know, they're clinging on to fears and the uncertainty of their life. But God wants us to let go of that and to cling to the rope, to the rope of hope, to find our anchor of hope in God. Number three, a new day with Jesus not only gives us everything that we need and gives us the hope that we to and that we long for, but also the help that we're seeking in our lives. You know, some of us here today looking for and what need more than anything is you need you need salvation, seeking relationship with God. A lot of people, sadly and unfortunately, confuse in understanding what a relationship with is. A lot of people think a relationship with God is going to church. In fact, they show up today, man, is a wonderful thing. But it, showing up to church and going to church and being a part of a church is not the same thing as having a personal, real, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a big difference between religion and a relationship, real living Savior named Jesus. And we don't relish that relationship. We have that kind of relationship, 
I should be a good person. Religion is spelled, he does, it puts this sense of obligation on our lives that if we do enough good things in our lives, we serve the poor, we volunteer in the community, we give money, we do good things to people, we help those in need, if we do all of these good deeds, somehow, some way, after all, if a good deeds in life outweigh the bad I'm guilty of, then somehow God will show mercy the good how outweigh the bad and tip the scales in my favor. What a miserable live. Yet that's how people live. A relationship with Jesus is not spelled D-O. It's spelled D-O-N-E. The finished word of when Jesus died you and for me. He paid the price. The sin was paid in. It was done. And therefore we receive that forgiveness and we receive that grace by putting our faith and our trust in the one who died for us. That's it. That's it. So, Reminded the Calamitations 3, verse 20, it is to wait quietly the salvation of the Lord. And so you are maybe not only needing salvation, but you know, you may already have a relationship. Put your faith and your hope and your trust in Him. But what you're needing is you're needing salvation from situations and circumstances. You're needing, listen, you're needing God. You're seeking a miracle in your life. You need to understand that Jesus is all that you need, he is. The mirror. Accomplish things, to bring about things that you could never ever do on your own. Fix your marriage, but Jesus can. You can't heal yourself from a disease, but Jesus can. You can't pick yourself by your own bootstraps emotionally. Come out of a pit of darkness and despair. Lazarus, he was perhaps one Jesus, Jesus' close friends, the story, he died. Jesus was trying to make his way to where Jesus, excuse me, to where Lazarus was. Many people get discouraged. In fact, some were even that it took Jesus so long to where Lazarus was because, you know, if he just would have got here in time, he could have saved others from death. Jesus he knew about to do. He needed four days ago. Lazarus is dead. <laughs> you know how the Bible describes it in the King James Version? It actually said, he stinketh. You know you're dead when the King James says you stinketh. Jesus showed up. And what did Jesus say? Lazarus, come forth. Jesus connected, brought back to life that was dead. Is that what you need, marriage? Do you need Jesus to resurrect a dead marriage, dead hopes, dead dreams, dead relationships, circumstances that you know way out? Jesus can turn around. There's a woman with an issue of blood. She suffered for 12 years. Think about the pain, the humiliation, discomfort, the agony that she endured. One day, 
she discovered Jesus was near. She thought to herself, I could just get close enough to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. He could heal me. She touched him. She immediately knew that power had left him and he reached out and she was radically healed, changed forever. In an instant, there was a man born, realized he had been paralyzed for 38 years. Each and every day he would sit out with mats and bed and plead for help. Michelle and I, we stood at that very place in Israel, known as the Blue Bethesda. When suddenly Jesus looked at the man who had been that mat, paralyzed for some 30 and said, get up, take your mat and walk. Was chained in an instant. Some of you are going through some very, very difficult circumstances. But today, I want you to understand through God's word, both hope, to understand anything, maybe through the song that you heard sung today, maybe just through just something that maybe that your weary world can be turned into rejoicing. Because there's a new and glorious morn. There's a new beginning. There's a second that is available because of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So on this year of season that we're in, whatever circumstances you're walking, think about that holy night over 2,000 years. When Jesus was born, the sun came up. It brought me new meaning and new purpose that we'll have in our lives. Because God sent his son, Jesus, into, war, into the world to rescue weary people like you and me. Aren't you thankful for that gift today? Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and, and our eyes are closed for just a moment. Today, I want you to remind you that we serve a God. Give you exactly what you need. Keep on going, and he'll give you the help that you're seeking. And if your need today is to put your faith and put in the person of Jesus, your Lord, to be your Savior, to experience the forgiveness that comes in relationship with him, if that's your need, online, and God's spoken to you, and that's your need today. You've tried to look to other things, you've put your hope in other sources, but today, maybe what God has spoken to your heart about is the need to put your faith and your trust in Jesus today. Now I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a moment. Others of here today, maybe your hope and your need is ask God to relieve you of the hurts and the hats, the, the hang-ups, the struggles, the things that they used in your life, even as a believer, to trip you up, get you feed and just distract, discourage. Maybe today it's time to renew your relationship and once again call God is your portion. He's enough. We want to give you that opportunity right now just to talk to the Lord, to pray to Him. We'll come close to Him. He'll close to us. But if your need today is to put faith in Jesus, would you pray this prayer in your heart with me? He said, Dear God, I can see you that I am a sinner. And I turn from my sin. And Jesus believed that you died on a cross and you arose again. 
just by faith, I put my trust in Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior to free me. And from this day forward, I'm committing my life to Him. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. As the eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer then at your seat, or maybe you prayed that prayer watching us online, would you do me a favor? Just hold your hand real high if you're with us in person. Hold up your hand real high. Or maybe you're watching online, you can just put your hand there on our church line, or you can just put cited in the chat. Bless you. It's awesome. Thank you. Father, we thank you for these who have put faith in you. Lord, I pray today the thrill of hope of Jesus. Lord, I pray that today they'll walk out of here with their heads lifted high, knowing that there is a new this morning. That Jesus is real, he's alive, and our hope can be put in him. And Father, I pray that today as we go about our days, as we look forward in days to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, that we will be hope dealers to those who need to experience that same Jesus. Lord, I pray that today... That you put on our hearts names of friends and relatives, classmates and neighbors. That we advise, they can hear, experience the thrill of hope that's found in us. We pray this in His mighty name. And all, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a little shout out in this place. Can we do that? Amen. An incredible morning we've had. So thankful for our amazing team. So thankful for our dream team. And just for the amazing that God is raised Rethink Life Church and making a difference. And I could not be more proud to be a part of and to be, listen, united with men and women and students who are putting their hope in the Lord and allowing God us to be his hands and his feet, his voice and his heart in this community. Aren't you thankful for what he's doing today? Well, listen, today, if you pray that prayer, maybe you invite it to your life. As, as you meet a moment ago, I'd love to know that. And one of the things that you can do is you can take the card, our connect card that you were introduced to earlier. Make sure you complete this. And there's a place out there in the front, perforated uh, version, a portion where it says communication card. Just put just no, and you can drop all containers in a second, or better yet, take it to what we call our next stable. And uh, we will personally just celebrate with you. We have a little booklet we'd love to put into your head called Rethinking Life Every Day. And we'll help answer some spiritual have. Uh, we'd also just love to uh, put a face in it together and encourage you in any way that we can. We also have five book you know, we'd love to put into your hand as well. And allow us to have that honor and privilege of uh, meeting you and celebrating with you and talking with you. We'll have some prayer team uh, members down here at the front too. Man, if you're going through this in your life and you just need someone to talk with you and pray with you, over you about some things, you will be available down here at the front. And then I just want to say one thing here, and then I'm going to pray over our offer. Uh, many of you, probably hopefully by now, unless today is your very first time visit with us, and if this is your first time visit with us, okay, just know that I'm speaking to the Funny Think Life, their church home, and those who are part of our church. But over weeks ago now, we introduced something called our Imagine 2022-2023 uh, opportunity, when it, our year-end offering, as well as a pledge opportunity to go and give above and beyond our normal as it relates to sowing 2023. And we outlined in this brochure a number of different um, projects, initiatives that we are uh, in urgent need of when it comes to meeting some needs to help us as a portable church. Uh, there's a lot of wear and tear, a lot of items that have to be that are replaced, and things just get out a lot faster when you're setting up and down every, every week. And so there's a lot of things that we've outlined here um, in the giving words as a year-end uh, giving opportunity. And one of the things we shared at the beginning 
and I stand on this. We have not put a numeric goal. And the reason for that is because I want to limit God. And, I'm you. and whether we give something on a small level, we give something on a larger level. At the end, of it, I just want to see 100% partition. Wouldn't that be the ultimate goal to be achieved? Everybody just did something. You know, that would allow us to go further, faster, and accelerate the vision that God has placed on our hearts. And of course, we all know one of the big items that we're praying for, that we are sowing into, leaving God for, is a future piece of land that we can secure and we can actually call our church home. And so to date, we have $400,000 set aside interest-bearing account to go towards our future. But as those of you who may know, you have an understanding or knowledge of real estate values, especially with, within a three-mile radius from where I'm standing here on this stage, land values are going, if commercial land values are going anywhere from really a million to $2 million an acre. So banks do not, churches like us, uh, they do not give us uh, 100%, you know, finance needs. In fact, today in the economy, the best any bank will do to walk through a loan situation with a local church like ours is call 50% loan to value. That simply means to try a million dollar piece of property and need a minimum of $500,000 cash just to be a closed property. I want you to understand, I feel like in some ways I just need to understand that we're taking a giant step of faith and that's the reason why we're calling it Imagine. Because then we're reminded in Ephesians that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can think or even imagine because of the great God that we serve. And so I believe that we serve a no-limit God. Do you believe that? God is a no-limit God. And I'm going to ask you today to do what maybe he would lead you to do. And my prayer is that you came prepared. That's the reason why we started a month ago, so that people could pray about it, could have some conversations, maybe with family, your spouse. You decide in your heart what you would do. And so we have everybody to come today prepared. Then one of the things that you can do, if you haven't done already, if I did not uh, bring the brochure with you, you can fill it out. If you even need a few minutes just to linger after this is dismissed to complete, then by all means, take as much time as you need. You can drop it off uh, in one of uh, the containers, and we'll just we'll make sure we have some receive the pledge card. And that simply means there's a there's a you can look on here that just gives you somewhat of an idea what your gift will equate to based on the amount that you pledge to have over and above your reg regular giving over the next 12 months. And so let's just be faithful. Let's listen. Let's step out. Let's just really ask God to do something great. We will truly sit but with the, to the glory of God. Look what God did. He did above and beyond what we could, we could have ever thought or even imagined. And so let's pray. I want to pray over all today that we're going to stand and sing. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have today to be able to give, to bring eyes, to bring our, our offerings to the Lord. We know that today is a special day for our imagined offering. And we pray, God, the day as we give, silly, silly, we give abundantly, that we'll also give secondly. And we sow, as we invest, we step out in faith, God, that you will take what we give today and throughout the remainder of this calendar year and throughout all of 2023. Lord, you'll take it, supply it, you'll use it to make an eternal difference, to impact the world with hope of Jesus Christ. We give you faith and from our hearts saying, we trust you, God. We believe, God, 
that you will do exceedingly and deeply above all that we even imagine. Lord, we place our tithe and we place Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.